right second part of the two part conspiracy theory discussion of abroad talks to people with kevin bennett so uh, i think this was a nice reset uh, to the whole conversation so it was a little bit of a reset where we started talking about a few other things as this conversation started and then picked up on uh, more of the in- intense stuff so in in this is like almost a stand alone episode and its own right but i think it it definitely flows from the part 1 as well so here it is man part 2 abra talks to kevin bennett sure that was a much needed fucking leak dude that's a <laughs> if, if this was intelligent design it is not a very fucking good design man fuck <laughs> hey you Just were able to hold give me it. a faucet on the foot or something man jesus a faucet on the, that's funny wouldn't that be something yeah, yeah i had I, a joke about that too like you know talking about intelligent design and and evolution i'm like dude if it's an i'm an engineer if it's an the, the body is an intelligent design no not 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 a very intelligent design in the sense of how it's engineered you know it's got its flaws you know You well, fuck with the same thing you pee with, like it's it's, it's kind of a flaw. <laughs> maybe, maybe it depends. It depends on uh, on a lot of factors. I don't think I could understand. I'm not an engineer in biology or technology. I I don't know that I'd agree with that, but it's certainly funny. So you do comedy down there in uh, Phoenix as well? Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I do we, comedy in Phoenix. Yep. And we met at Big Pine. Yeah, yeah, we met at Big Pine so you went right after me. We had this like show and I love Big Pine but that show it did like you know it was like one of the later shows in the back of uh, a winery and there's like supposed to be industry there but it was outdoors and it was cold as all hell. I do remember that. Grumpy, you know, you and the, I went <laughs> We had John Creepy John was there. Oh dude, yeah, it's Gregory. Yeah, that guy's fucking that guy's the best dude. I love that guy. <laughs> He's hilarious. He's hilarious. I do remember mm-hmm. that. That was a Man, I love Big Pine. It's always fun. I, they're, they're not having me back this year. Hopefully, I get to do it again one day. That's, that's yeah, a fun. Yeah. Did uh, you Did you submit uh, your application I did. again? Mm-hmm. I did. I I think because of some of the stuff I've been talking to you about now, I think uh, mm. they they disagree with uh, me on on certain uh, ideological levels. But I don't know. Really? All, all of a sudden, I I went on Facebook and all the um all the Big Pine people had blocked me, and I don't yeah, even know what I did. Yeah. Did you take over their Instagram and everything? I did. I did. It was about a month after that, a month or two after mm. that. And I don't know what I said or what I did. I wish, you know, it'd just be nice to know why they got mad at me or or, huh. or what. So all of a sudden, I just couldn't find any of them. I went looking cuz I was to see if I made it did in this year. Did you get on any lists? Did you did you make any lists? Um I did get on a list for being a racist from some mm. guy in New York who I've mm. never met. A guy named wow. Naruto Williams, but that was uh I think that was after the fact. That was a month or two after the fact. So mm. I, I don't know that that had anything to do with it. Some guy in New York named Naruto Williams put me and about 30 other people on a list of racists. And I'm not yeah. racist, but I am not politically correct. So I suspect uh he took some politically incorrect statement of mine out of context and decided to cancel me. But I yeah. you know, I'm not racist. I just I'm I'm outspoken and I I'm going to make a joke if I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think that's comedy. I don't understand cancel culture is very bad for comedy. Yeah, I mean so that's the thing right again that's like an interesting thing to touch on we can get to the vaccines in a second with comedy. I think there's like a lot of good lot of jokes to be made that you know that are edgy and you know some people may not may not agree with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe distasteful even but as long as you can make it funny that's that's the yeah. you know that's the what do you call it the the high wire act or the live wire act like the the fucking yeah. uh, you know 
people are the walking balance. the tightrope yeah yeah you got to do that yeah. because it's on you like if you make like a distasteful joke and it bombs you know it's not really that funny yeah uh, you're going to take some heat for it so that's like a little bit of the cross you have to bear as as a comedian but i i think you can make jokes about like really touchy subjects you just got to be like tactful about it uh when my first year in comedy here's uh, somebody took me under his wing and he wasn't the best guy either but he said something i think is very true he said you can say anything as long as it's funny yeah and i agree anything and and the thing is when i've run shows most of the people i book do not believe the same way i do and that's not why i book them i book them because they make people laugh i mean so, yeah that's the art of comedy yeah, and so it's it's confusing to me when the cancel culture comes in because if all you do is book people based on ideology, eventually the comedy becomes a homogenous product that mm. ceases to have vitality. So I think that's just shooting yourself in the foot. And I was surprised because I thought I knew the people at Big Pine were leftist, but I was never, you know, I ne- I don't hide who I am. You've probably seen part of my Disney bit. I uh, I I'm just who I am, and I thought, oh, okay. Well, they know that despite us having differences politically, um, I'm good for the show. I'm funny. I make people laugh. So I thought that wasn't an issue. And then all of a sudden I find out I've been blocked. So I don't know what happened. Yeah, I wouldn't know obviously what happened there and and if there's like lists that was an influence that got you on like in a wholesale like taken off or something like that. But I know like like not the, the people who run it, I don't think there's like any political like leaning to it. Uh, but like I, I guess not. like a lot of India a lot of individual comedians and producers obviously would have you know, some sort of political leaning and typically uh, you know, and you would see like you know comedians and artist types are obviously more liberal leaning and well, try and to think know, progressively that is that is that is how typically it is I've like, done shows with people who admit their Luciferian leaning and because the way I believe in it it you know no, they're progressive probably progressive as a code for Luciferian is that no 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 I mean did? a guy I mean, guys who like wear I, I uh, like uh, contacts and try even to look like they're devils. Uh, mm. But if they're funny, okay, that's fine. Also, uh, as we were talking earlier, a lot of the people in society that try and look like that aren't the ones at the nexus of power. So it's kind of a moot point for me. Yeah, that's the novelty. It, like it's mostly yeah. people who do that. They're like you know they're kind of displaying something. They're oh, like asking seen, for I'll attention bet you've or seen something. It too. You've probably seen some of the same people even. In comedy, That there's a lot of that going on. So as far as I'm concerned with comedy, anybody who's going to make the audience laugh, I'm going to book in a professional sense. I may mm-hmm. not agree with them ideologically, but if they're good at their job, that's what I'm looking at. And I think it's wrong for PC culture to look at possible idea, ideology or influence instead yeah. of the ability of the comedian. And I practice what I preach there because... There's definitely a lot of stuff I disagree with in comedy, but I'm not trying to go ruin anybody because we disagree mm. ideologically. They are trying to ruin me. So yeah. let's just be be that as it may. Yeah, like comedy, like comedy uh, in its strictest sense is saying words in certain sequences that elicit laughter. Like that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and there's a lot of baggage that comes with it where you have to you know, get kind of you know, dig deep into people's you know, reptilian brains, so to say, to... to elicit that laughter it's not just going to happen it may happen with slapstick but like even with slapstick you're kind of uh uh pulling uh levers on people's like you know uh, 
reptilian brain again like they're seeing people fall and that's you know that's trauma trauma kind of uh, is is related to humor and that's a coping mechanism so there's like things like that that kind of uh, make it funny so all of that is there but i wouldn't see like why somebody would just not want to work with somebody who thinks differently from them like like personally my ideology politically even uh it's it's not it i would think i'm way more liberal than i'm conservative like you know i think there's some economical issues and like you know the role of the state in 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 running the economy that that is weird and sketchy how it is right now and it is both sides of the aisle left and right kind of uh, mm-hmm. you know, the whole crony capitalism thing that everybody oh, yeah, I think, I'm can unanimously hate. yeah everybody yeah, can I'm unanimously hate on that so i i'm i'm i have some i guess uh, right ish leanings when we're talking about economy but like if you do like a total net i'm like on the left side of the spectrum but i don't have a problem having a conversation with somebody like you just to sit down and like hear what you have to say because you have like all these things to say and like i've seen a few of your videos and part where you say all these things i'm like dude this guy is like this guy's off the chains you know he's he's (laughs) fucking he's fucking alex jones you know he's he's an he's alex jones with a beard it's just that he doesn't sell men's vitality fucking supplements that's the only difference (laughs) hey i'll take it as a compliment i mean alex is off the chain but He's entertaining. He's an entertaining. Yeah, he's dude. fucking entertaining. Yeah, that that's why people he's, like him. Like well, he's fucking, he's got like a quality about him. Like the way he speaks, he's got a strain of thought, and you you got a little bit of that going on too, which is interesting. And I wanted to bring you on. Like it's a, me bringing you on and talking to you doesn't mean like I believe everything you say. Like you know, on right. the contrary, we probably like disagree on more than we maybe agree on we agree on like some parts of it but core principles are like definitely completely different where we are coming from yeah but we can talk that's not a problem i mean that's how it should be and our country you know it used to be at least about, about 10 or 12 years ago that was just the norm is you could talk to people who disagreed with you and you could still be friends, like true friends, like you'd you know, help him out if he's car wrecked or something, even if you fundamentally disagree. And somewhere about a decade ago, that started switching to either you get on board with our train or you're done. And I don't think that's right for either side of the fence. You have to have checks and balances in society in terms of people who believe different and can talk about it because everybody gets off in the high grass if they don't have a check or balance. Everybody, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, and, you know, one, something else that might be worth thinking about too, I just love this metaphor. I think truth is like a stick and uh, politics are like a sine wave and the stick's in the middle. So sometimes the left is true, sometimes the right is true, but because it's a sine wave, both of them yeah. go off into the high grass, but they and then do you intersect pull them back the truth. In. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's that's my thought no, on that. That that is true. That is very much true, and that is like the core of how how these these two political ideologies coexist or have coexisted for so long with the 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 left, the guy who sat uh, left of of the Caesar and right side of the Caesar, and like one guy's conservative who's trying to conserve the current order of things because they think like the 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 current order of things are in place for a reason they have developed over years so you can't radically change them that's the conservative and the progressive 
because the word liberal is like something else and it's been tainted now but the progressive Agreed. is somebody who's trying to change things and and make a change and is always constantly looking for change so that's why you see like you know a lot of progressives who who excel in tech because tech is all about making change making moves action bias you need an action bias to keep changing things and you know like like the big uh, you know philosophy is is uh, you know break and break often literally you want to like build something break it and build it again break it build it again so that's like the progressive thought of you can break it and build it but that doesn't really work when you're talking about a population about a right. society you can't just break a society and then rebuild it like an app so you need the conservative to rein it in so then that's the balance of they want to conserve the order the the progressive want to to change the order and then like with those checks and balances we hopefully have a net change that is in the right direction and uh, you know well, like communism you, was a progressive idea when it came along right karl marx wrote that book that's a progressive idea he's thinking of a change you know whatever his motivations are that's a different thing but he's thinking of making a change but that change is not really a good change you know hey hey old carly boy you have not thought about everything you have not thought everything through <laughs> this is not the right thing let's carly fucking rein it back <laughs> yeah let's let's pull it back okay let's get you a nice shower and a shave just fucking relax <laughs> smoke a pipe fucking you know <laughs> let's think about this again carly boy i like that yeah yeah so that's the thing so i mean that's the yin and yang again of this is i would say like the true yin and yang not not a slight to the yin and yang you're talking about with the evil and the, and the truth because those are like way more metaphorical but this is like way more yeah. tangible of conserving order and changing order and that those two have to work together yeah well until you hit on it you hit the nail on the head i was actually going to say something like that i'm glad to hear you said it the term liberal has been co-opted ironically i feel like i'm a lot more liberal than a lot of people who call themselves liberal because i'm willing to live and let live and really be friends with people i know we both disagree with but i've had i can't even count how many people have found out that i believe something that's against their core theology because it is that it's a it's a religion and they just you know they they uh they banish me they uh was excommunicate me from their life and uh i'm sitting here thinking but i knew you were different when we became friends and i accepted you now you find out i'm different and you excommunicate me how am i the conservative and you're the liberal you don't seem very free at all but yeah you're right it's the term progressive has sort of hijacked the term liberal and there's nothing wrong with actual progress i think progress is good but what they seem to think and this is what i noticed in about 2008 is that all change is good i think there's good change and there's change that isn't good and i think we want to focus on the good change yeah there has to be a process to understand what's a good change and that's the the opposing force and you think what happened mm-hmm. in 2008 like was it the financial crisis occupy wall street all of that people were like we've had fucking enough of this you guys just cheat cheated us and out of you know just you lied through your teeth you cheated us out of our houses and now we are fucking you know like there's foreclosures people committing suicides because they've lost their jobs and they have no savings because that's how we were bred uh you know a race to to be not have any savings and like that's like was that like a tipping point do you think and i i guess maybe you've not um, thought about it so much but what do you think happened i, in that I time? think it it was you know that was an interesting year for me i got my bachelor's degree in march of 2008 and uh it was either early that year or it was late in 2007 that Obama actually came to Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, where I was studying. And I didn't go to his meeting because I'd heard about him beforehand. Um, I'd, I'd heard the Barry Sotelo stuff, believe it or not, before he was elected. I didn't understand it. 
I was I wasn't very sophisticated in politics. I went to my cousin's wedding, and one of the men there was talking about who the hell is this guy? Is his real name Barry uh, Satello? He just came out of nowhere. And then I heard he was coming to my campus, and I just kind of didn't like it. And then I started seeing all those posters that said change you can believe in, and. Right then, my mind said, well, change is something if it's good, but change for the sake of change isn't good. Well, then I worked at the coal mines. Sorry, my cat decided to say hi. I worked at the coal mines to pay off my college degree that year. I worked for five months at a mine called Bel Air, and I worked 80-hour weeks. And by the grace of God, I had my college degree paid off by October, and I was able to take the $2,000 bonus I got from the coal mines and just bounce. And it was perfect timing because... While I was working at the mines, I was listening to the satellite radio, and they were talking about the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac financial crisis meltdown. Mm-hmm. And I was—I I began to be disgusted with Bush at the time because I was like, "Man, how are you going to leave on this note? How is this going to be the end of your eight-year legacy?" And I was very confused about it, and I didn't understand quite what was going on. But I think that definitely led into Obama getting elected. Is how bad the last few months of his uh, presidency were handled people were like we don't want any more of this Dude, and i Bush see why probably was the worst presidency i don't know if you said legacy ironically but i don't think any one good thing happened and uh, i guess like net i don't think uh, yeah. good things happened in the bush presidency like Agreed. from, no, that's from something- 9/11 you got like the, the i guess uh, clinton was around when the dot com bubble burst but he kind of came in to a recession and then we had 9/11 more recession and recession recession then there was growth back and then 2008 the bubble burst and then he was out i think it was like if not the one of the most the, the shittiest presidencies in the history i would say i i wouldn't i wouldn't actually disagree with that i would add some provisos i'd say this kennedy a few years in nixon and almost the first half of reagan's administration i think those were the good presidents and i think outside of those probably eight or nine years from the 60s until Trump, no good presidents. The way I look Mm. at Bush and Clinton, Bush Sr. as well, because Bush Sr. was part of the CIA, and you know I don't like them. Um, They were all the same guy. Bush, Clinton, Bush, same president. It was just, it was all... It was all uh, synthetic window dressing for the public yeah. that there was actually a change, but they were the same. Remember, Freddie May, uh, Fr- Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, those policies of subprime lending began in the Clinton administration and they metastasized in the Bush administration. Yeah. But I think you, they you were inherited all the same something guy. from the previous. Yeah. You, no, no. I, I mean, if you believe in the deep state, uh, Everybody is the same guy. All of them. Even Trump has only so much power. Well, if you even if you think he's a rebel chaos candidate, he only has so much power because the deep state is fucking you know he's deep in there. Yeah, he's his hands are tied in certain respects, and I would agree with that too because I don't think he would have done the lockdown except that his hands are tied. Not because he wants them to be tied, but because of the reality of the situation yeah. he has inherited. So now, I think, why do you uh, think the Trump presidency was was a good presidency? Because you kind of made like a like a remark there, almost saying uh, there was uh, Kennedy, Nixon, Reagan first part until Trump. So kind of uh, implying well, that Trump all, is one of the good ones. Why um, do you say that? I say that because these are candidates who actually were presidents and were not establishment uh, uh, previously determined actors. They weren't. They, Seemingly, they weren't. Yeah, well, Kennedy was assassinated, and that happened for a few reasons. Johnson and the mob hated him, so did the CIA. So a uh, confluence events made a perfect storm, and they blew his head off, and 
uh, Dallas. And I actually, just a week and a half ago, uh, me and a friend, well, he was a friend, we went to the grassy knoll and looked where it happened. And it definitely was not the official story because you see where he was shot and you see where the shot took place. Unless the guy could bend bullets, there had to be multiple shooters. There had to be more going on than the than the than the Zabruder, the, the not the film, but the the report. So Kennedy got taken out because he wasn't playing ball with these people. Nixon, he was involved with McCarthy. He was actually uh, one of the guys bringing the people to McCarthy to prosecute during uh, McCarthyism, which was not a witch hunt. As it turns out, BLM and Antifa prove to several decimal places, and much of Hollywood does, that Marxism hides behind the veneer of liberalism. It isn't liberal. It's that that sort of pseudo-progressivism you're talking about, and it definitely exists in this country. So I was the talking about real progressivism, Nixon, so just uh, that, but you, you can yeah, go on, continue it, training. Yeah, it's there's real progressivism, which I'm I'm with you. Good progress, and then there's the pseudo progressivism that's fascist, and I think that's what mo most Marxism, well, what it is. So Nixon was against that, and they never forgave him for that. He did good, but he got off the gold standard. That was his big mistake, and the pardon me, he resigned over that Watergate stuff, which the scandals today put that to shame. That was like nothing. Reagan did good. For about four years, he got the Berlin Wall down. He was going against the establishment, pushed toward globalism. They tried to assassinate him, and he basically slept through his second term, and he became an honorary 33rd degree Freemason. So I think Reagan, they got to him. I think he did good, and then they got to him. Nah. Donald Trump is not involved with the establishment traditionally. However, he does have a lot of money, and he moves in high money circles. So. Because of that, I think the establishment, to a certain degree, confused him for one of their own when he wasn't. And as a result, uh, he was able to rise in terms of prominence just because of the money involved. Because when yeah. you're dealing with high amounts of money like that, at a certain point, the money talks, you know. So I think he got to that point where the money – because if you look back – He's at Mar-a-Lago. There's a story where he would play the music very, 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 very loud, and he wouldn't turn it down at his parties. And when asked why, it's because he said, well, they wouldn't let me in the club. Now they know I'm down here, and Jesus. they can't ignore it. You know? Jesus, so, that's some high level of insecurity right there, bro. Well, I'm not – insecurity or not, that's a piece of evidence which points out that he wasn't part of the establishment, mm. quote-unquote, club. And so the reason I like him, regardless of insecurity, you said the chaos candidate, he's definitely not part of that good old boys fraternity. He didn't get in a coffin like George Bush did and have some kind of goofy initiation gay sex. All right, he yeah. didn't do that. So now he, I don't like his, I don't like the way he, um, his relationships with women has, have gone. Uh, I think that's a little bit reprehensible. I don't like how he's abrasive. I don't like the bump stock thing. I don't like the lockdown. However, hmm. I think he's playing ball with people that have massive resources and like a chess match, you can't just pick up the queen, jump over all the checkers and knock the other the king off. Not unless the moves are in place within the rules of the game to do that. Yeah. So I, I think mean, he's dude, stuck. Yeah, so 
I guess you could try to fit it into that narrative of he is the chaos candidate. That is true. I think there's ample evidence for that. Uh, people just like you know he is not part of like the, the he is not a career politician. He is not part of uh, he is not a cog in the machine that just like kind of rose to the top, which is not always necessarily a bad thing. You know, there's like some people who come with from within the system, know the system, and are competent to navigate the system. So it's not always a bad thing, but uh, there are quite a few occasions where it turns out to be a bad thing. So Trump is an outside candidate. Like it's almost like his last hurrah is like you know before I die I want to like have this you uh, know this uh, plaque on uh, this fucking check on the list of things too. Where you know I was the president, so he like he was running on a whim and he kind of just tapped in. He has like this way about him. He says these flamboyant things which everybody knows and has talked about ad nauseum. But he says like fucking all these things which which cater to people, which is obvious. He it's obvious that he's not Christian, but he does cater to and like kind of appeals to the Christian audience, like the, the traditionally right audience. Even though clearly, he he's never been a Christian. I think he he was never a conservative. Even he's he's just a guy. He's like a fucking developer from New York who like who wants to build these big ass f- buildings, phallic buildings, with some sort of metaphor, put his name on it, and just sleep with hot women and just fucking just you know do do drugs or whatever he fucking does. He says he's a teetotaler, but I don't know about that, you know. Uh, and and just have a good life. But he thought he could do this too, you know. And he got slighted by Obama in one in that famous fucking uh, uh, breakfast, right? Breakfast yeah. or dinner, whatever it was, correspondence dinner. He said, "Lena, hey Donald, you can never be president," and that kind of irked him the wrong way. And he was like, "I'm gonna put everything I have and don't have on this and figure out a way." You know, he like weasel his way into becoming a president because like the, he's got that slimy used car salesman uh, quality, which and a little bit of that is important in life to have that quality of of the weaseling quality. He has a lot of that. He kind of used that to get in there. But I don't think he's like doing anything noble. He's just there. He's trying to go with the flow. There's obviously quote unquote deep state, you know, the the establishment that is that forces his hands to do certain things. And he just says these other things. I don't think he re- really hates any group like even. That's what my my opinion is. People think he's like like a true like you know hardcore racist. And I don't think like I think that's like the 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 ideology is co-opted he thinks that's the right thing to say and that's why he says it and he says them off the cuff he just wants to be in office he doesn't really care for anybody else he doesn't care about the human condition he cares about himself he's a narcissist there's like a great podcast that i heard uh, with this uh, this psychologist uh, he's a clinical psychologist with R- Russell Brand and uh, Gabor Mate. He, I love they, Russell they go- Brand. He's fun to listen to. Russell Brand. He's got a lot well, of yeah. fun things he, to say. Yeah. Yes, yeah? yeah, Russell Brand. I, I can't really yeah. do that. Oh, but that's like, pretty I really- good, actually. No, that was good. I like <laughs> it. I heard it. I heard. It. Now, I'm going more into it now. You got to go higher in the voice. I can do it there- pretty good, actually. Anyway. Yeah, there isn't anybody in the British constabulary that is going to stop me from doing a podcast. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> well, he's great. So he did like this. No, I was just going to yeah. finish. I thought he did yeah. this episode where they did like a deep dive on like the psychology of Trump and where he comes from. And they didn't do it from like this intent of Trump bad, orange man bad, which is like a simplistic thing to talk about, but it's not really interesting to me. It's enough. We know he's done things, policies that affect people and people don't like it. That's the simplistic narrative. But they went to like deep down kind of like trying to understand his trauma. And that's where he comes from. That's all he is. I don't think he's a magic candidate. I don't he, I don't think he's the second coming of the Christ like people are saying. He's just a fucking guy. He's going to be forgot. He's going to be one of the forgotten presidents in the next 50, 100 years. He's going to oh, I remember that crazy guy. That's all it, he's going to be. And everything is go will go back to order. 
but uh, I, I don't think he's a, a really good president even. Uh, his, well, his policies are flippant. He praises the stock market going up, but the same stock market going up, which is going up in a bubble, he was he 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 criticized it when the stock market was going up under Obama that it's, it's a bubble, it's going to burst, which is true. It's only the bubble keeps getting inflated. And, and he said the unemployment numbers were wrong during Obama and then he uses the same unemployment numbers to say that look unemployment has been at an all-time low it's a little different now with COVID but when the unemployment numbers were at an all-time low he like doesn't miss a skip a beat to say those things about the stock market and the unemployment rate the same numbers which he criticized as a candidate so he, he's not special he's nothing I don't think he's like you know passionately racist I don't think he has this philosophy of racism he just says things that he thinks will solicit a reaction, will will think he thinks will make people like him. So I think that, that's where I land on Trump. I don't know how much of it you agree with or disagree with. I agree with some of it. I agree that he's not racist. Um, and I agree that some of his motivation... Uh, <laughs> you took that right been... out of context, though. Like I said, he's not like like philosophically racist, but he, he co-opts that ideology. So in some senses no, of the word, maybe he's racist, but he co-opts it. No, I don't see that at all. I see the media saying he co-ops it because they're trying to undermine him, but I don't see him being remotely racist at all. He's in fact had a very progressive administration in terms of ethnicity and female people who were involved in high positions of power. There have been a lot of unprecedented appointments. Uh, Kellyanne Conway comes immediately to mind. But uh, Donald Trump, he's not a perfect man. You got to understand with Christianity that Paul murdered Christians before he was called Paul. He was originally called Saul. There's two Sauls yeah. in the Bible. There's King Saul, and then after Christ, of there's the Old Saul. The Testament, who, then Saul, the New Testament. Right, and he becomes Paul after he repents. But he murdered Christians before that happened. Now Trump ain't yeah. a murderer, so the idea of repentance is core to Christian doctrine. And there is definitely a change in the character of Donald Trump from before his presidency to after his presidency. Now, I don't know personally what he's gotten involved with. I would like to hear him say publicly in front of all the nations that he follows Christ. I don't know that that'll happen. That would be something that would cause me to be a lot more inclined to support the guy. But in terms of things like insecurity, they say he's a fascist. Not possible. He could shut down these media outlets that do nothing but dog him day in and day out from either side of the fence. He doesn't. The fact he could that he not. doesn't. How would he do that? All he's got to do is uh, he's got to take away their economy. He can drum up some BS regarding scandals if he want. He can he can have a uh, he can have an intelligence group tear him apart from the inside. He's got no, billions dude, of dollars. You can't do that. You can't do that to. Oh, you I can. Mean, so, I mean, all you've got all you've got to do is implicate somebody in a scandal like they've been trying to do for him since he got in there. There, just because uh, he's the president doesn't make him a dictator or a fascist. I don't see any of that. A lot of people say that he's some sort of fascist. If he were a fascist, they couldn't say that by definition of fascism. So he's not. So maybe he does have ego issues, but whatever they are, they're not silencing opposing speech in this country one iota, whereas those who would silence him would also silence guys like me. And I've spent 70 days in Facebook jail this year alone to prove it. So yes. I don't see Donald Trump as, um, as a perfect candidate by any means, but I don't think he's as shallow or unproductive as 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 you uh, as you said earlier. Um, mm -hmm. a, a great a great example of Donald Trump effecting change in a noble way is the uh, uh, exposure of the elite pedophile rings. I mean, they've been in place for many decades, at least forty years. So that stretches all the way back. How was to, he involved in that again? 
Donald Trump's administration has taken a hard stance against human trafficking from multiple fronts. One front is the border wall because the majority of trafficking in this country, a lot of it comes through that border because you've got people by the millions who are undocumented. Coyotes, it's like something like one in six children with a, a human, yeah. uh, with an adult are actually being trafficked. And yeah, it's a putting very that border thing. wall up, that stops that cold. He's also busted the 123 kids that were saved in, it was Michigan or Illinois. You just Google 123 kids uh, missing children found in human trafficking bust. Mm -hmm. That happens because of his administration's uh, dictates to the, uh, the the FBI and other uh, organizations that directly conduct investigation into that moratoriums yeah, so. and and things like that. Did you you know about um? There's a, a documentary called Conspiracy of Silence, and what it's about is how the highest powers in this country have protect have protected human trafficking rings that truck in orphans and immigrants and have done so since at least the 90s. There's a guy named um, Larry King who wasn't the Larry King of TV. He was a politician in Omaha, Nebraska that was implicated in this. And the documentary mm. was squashed down. ABC, they squashed down that one reporter who was reporting on Epstein, I think before Trump got in. I'd have to double check. It was either before he got in or it was like the same year and they squashed it out. Now all that stuff is becoming public because of the stance his administration has taken on it. So there's a noble thing right there. Plus, he restored the capital of Israel to Jerusalem, which like four administrations said they would do and never did. They just gave lip service. So he actually so what's follows the, what's through. the value in that again? Well, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, and Israel is the rightful Why, why uh, does the United States land. have a say in it, though? Like, that's that's the, the funniest thing. So well, the United States recognizes it? Is that what you say? Is that what that was about? Well, yeah, the United States recognizes it, and the United States is the nodal point of financial, economic, and political power so in the world. it's just the recognition. Though China's challenging that. The yeah, we can go on like an Israel-Palestine uh, tangent. So, but like just coming back to the the first thing that you said, well, like just also, put, putting a wall, putting a wall around that does not stop human trafficking and and child abuse south well, of the border. No, it just pushes it, it under off, the rug. It's it's like if you had a river that had two channels and you blocked off one of the channels. Granted, it wouldn't totally stop the flow of water, but it would keep that channel from going through that part of the country. No, but like we're talking about the shit the that is within the water. So, but that, that sh like, you know, if you block it, the shit is still there. It's, it's, it's yeah, just, but not you're not seeing shit. it. I mean, how, how, do you, how do you stop these things from happening immediately? That's I don't impossible. know. I'm not, I'm not saying just, I know how, to, how you, how you yeah, stop it. All I'm, I'm saying, saying is this is not like a noble it. thing. And like well, the first principle that you went... Is to find where you have a leak and start plugging those leaks in the dam. Maybe okay. you have to go one by one, and that's what he's doing. Not only that, though, he he did that with Israel, and recently because of Trump, the UAE and Israel negotiated a peace agreement. It's not permanent, but it's progress that hasn't been made by other administrations. Plus, he uh, he negotiated some great things with North Korea that yeah. surprised the hell out of everybody. I've seen him do a lot of great things. In, in his I first mean, term, that presidents would be in office for eight years and not mm -hmm. get done. So I don't think so, it follows that he's just doing a vanity project. However, I it, would say this. I'd say before he got in, especially with, uh, with Obama saying what he did, I wouldn't be surprised if that which spurned him on to become president was shallow. That yeah. I would be willing to concede. Yeah, but yeah, his sure. performance since then, it's definitely substantive. Okay. And I, so, yeah, you know, there's no that, way around that.
Yeah, so given that, Kevin, so what I'm saying here is I'm not going to be one of those people that says anything he does just like blindly is wrong because he did it because that would be irrational and I consider, I try not to And same thing, say I'm not going to say things. everything's right either. Same yeah, as yeah, you, exactly, I'm not going to say yeah, it's all both, right, yeah. So, so the thing here though is like it just, I'm trying to look at from two ways from a like a consequentialist argument of what has happened out uh, in the three years of his presidency and from more of a uh, from his intentions like you know where is he coming from what are his first principles on both counts uh, again like you know i i don't know if i have the the energy to go into like each each of those things but here's where where i have landed that he he does all these things to to basically kind of as a statement to to his perceived audience like he put a border wall on there he didn't put a border wall or promise a border wall whatever that is like whatever the state of that is to stop human trafficking he put it on there to to kind of uh, establish or give the statement that this is america and like you know we have closed borders we have secure borders we're going to keep america secure we're not going to let rapists come in from the outside that's the statement he was giving like a consequence of that was maybe and i'm i'll take i'll take a word for it that uh, that human trafficking and and the sexual abuse of children has has reduced because of that that may be a consequence of that but that's that was not the purpose of it similar similar with like just these these other things that you're talking about so we can go into like individual policies but uh where i land on uh, the trump issue here is his presidency like you know the, the economy is going up but obviously like the social structures of of the country are are in shambles for one or a combination of reasons well you know, maybe I it is the media fully, I, I don't think you can no fully that's what i'm saying him. it's not him yeah. no absolutely not he's he's yeah. part of it it happened on his watch and like the the convention here is when something happens on your watch it's looked at uh from that lens like if something great happened which was just because you were there you know if somebody like fucking invented time travel when when trump was president you know and like you know the, the nasa maybe like you know co-opted it and did something about it like it would be like the space program you remember the president who who was a part of it so you get the good and the bad when you're the president but i don't think he's a competent individual like i think he has good qualities I, he has the weasel quality the, he has the weaseling quality which is which is which is nah, good uh, I, in certain I circumstances to talk to about i think we're talking over each other a little bit i think that will become a problem like for for somebody listening in uh, all i was saying is like that quality helps him work with uh, north korea and 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 broker a deal there which a conventional president could couldn't have but that quality also makes him you know obnoxious and makes really bad statements and like has these policies that he just like makes to 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 cater to his audience that's all that's well, all i'm there, saying there are a couple things there that cannot they don't reflect what the record shows and let's start with finances um he was worth between 3.1 and 4.5 billion and a billions of thousand millions uh dollars when he decided to become president, a uh, 3.1 and 4.5 billion. Now he started with a million dollar loan from his father, but making a million dollars into 3.1 to 4.5 billion is akin to you or I making a thousand dollars into 3.1 or 4.5 million. And neither of us has done that. It takes a level of competency to properly manage those finances such that they increase over time exponentially, as yeah, he has been able to do. That. And that quality being brought to our country is very necessary so i don't think you can argue that he's incompetent when you look at his actual record he's had uh 
250 businesses that bear his name and 250 that don't yeah, and six of them have gone into bankruptcy. Oh, no, no, I'm not no. talking about real estate. No, I know, a, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm making the point. So six of them out of 500 have gone into bankruptcy. That's a success rate of over 97%. That is not incompetent by any stretch. In fact, it's a little bit astonishing. So there's that. Number two, the actual economy bears witness to his success as a leader of our country. And I'm going to point to something that is eyebrow raising. In the fourth quarter of 2019, 1,300 CEOs resigned. That's eight times the average number of CEOs that resign in a given year. And they resigned at peak market. They resigned, I think, because they knew what was coming. I don't see how you could look at it any other way when you look at the data and the normal trends. That is eight times, that is eight standard deviations from the average. That means something they knew uh, impelled them to make that resignation. And those resignations continued right up until things got crazy in March. Bill Gates and Bob Iger resigned in 2020. And that's Disney. And, and I don't think Bill Gates was running Bill Microsoft at that time. But he was uh, running some, a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, he was resigned from Microsoft. But he was on some board of something or other that he also resigned from in 2020. I don't remember exactly what it was. Point being, those things wouldn't have happened if the economy were in the tubes. I doubt we'd have had the COVID-19 thing either. What they hearken to, especially when you look at the Agenda 201, Event 201, they hearken to a planned event. And there is literature and white papers that stretch back to Huxley's time. Huxley wrote Brave New World, which spoke of a synthetic pandemic being used to consolidate power. So what I think Trump has done is I think he has forced them to play their ace in the hole. And I think he knew that was coming because this information, Alex Jones ain't perfect. Listen, I know he's out there. I know, I know he's in the high grass. But the thing is, the papers and the information that he references, they've been here for decades. And I've seen a lot of it. The reason I started to listen to him, again, he's no monolith. You can't mm -hmm. trust anybody 100% because they're human. I think we agree on that. The reason I started to listen to him is he started saying things I had already found out. And I was like, holy shit, I just got independently confirmed. Alex Jones doesn't know me. He's looked at the same stuff. Maybe I'm not crazy. So I started listing some stuff I disagree on. One of the things he's been harping on for at least a decade is, and you can see it in the um, Endgame documentary. He made a documentary about 10 years ago. It's three hours long. It's called Endgame. And in it, he obnoxiously confronts the Bilderbergers. But he also says that they'll use a pandemic to consolidate power. And that's because it's in the white papers. So if Jones knew about it and Trump's who he, you know, who we've heard he is operating in these circles, I would be surprised if he did not know about it. So I do think we're seeing stuff going on right now that's a little bit beyond the pale. And yeah. while Trump's abrasive and he does say things I disagree with, I think in the main, he has done some amazing things for this country. And I think given that he had more money going in than he's going to have coming out, it's hard to make the argument that this is purely egotism driving yeah. him. I mean, you know, I mean he's like, donated his salary every year. But dude, like, so you see, you, you uh, afford that concession, you know, that goodwill towards Trump when you talk about his wealth. But when you suddenly, all of a sudden, you're talking about Bill Gates, who has, you know, orders of magnitude uh, more money than than Trump, you you all of a sudden, like, have, have a different different set of rules by which you treat his wealth and his motivation so like same thing not at all like, uh, not, not at all no 
Not why even, would like I, just, Bill Gates wouldn't have the even even less of a motivation to be political or to manipulate humanity than no, you're wrong. Than Trump does. Bill Gates, if he gets his vaccine, man, makes more money in one deal than he's ever made in his life, and that's but why does he give a shit? He has a hundred billion dollars. He's gonna give it away. That's anyway. a good question. Why does he give a shit? Because Trump had four point one billion dollars, and he decided, you know what? I'm gonna take a pay cut. I've won the game already. Bill Gates has $100 billion and he's still pushing for more. No, he's not. That, like, except that, he's not, Yes, though. he is. That vaccine, if he gets that vaccine worldwide and the company that he is uh, supporting uh, is working on it, then he gets a massive pay uh, increase. Eight billion people, just $10 per vaccine is uh, $80 billion in his pocket. And you know it's going to be more expensive than that. There's no way he doesn't make out like a bandit on this. Bill Gates is pure greed. I, I can't look at that guy and see any. Bill Gates, I can't say anything good about. Trump, I can say some bad things about, but mostly I mean, good. But I, mean, I don't think they're comparable. There's a lot good to be said about Bill Gates because like uh, from the whatever 1990s to today, the amount of wealth that has been built over over that period of time in the world, uh, and how many people have been taken, like have been lifted out of poverty. Now I'm not talking about philanthropy, just just the just the economic impact of of software and of Microsoft and Windows. That just sheerly, just that alone, I think is 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 a direct impact, like the multiplier effect of how many people probably like their lives saved. And and they who didn't die of starvation, who didn't die of disease because they had enough resources to go around. So there's a multiplier effect of the economic effect. I think came about just because he, because of Windows and like everybody used it and those systems made businesses better and like you know, there's there's more more money going around. If you're gonna make that argument, one. I don't see how you can uh, discount the dark web, which also facilitates global human trafficking. So if you're gonna argue that the collateral consequence of Bill Gates's business mergers because remember he wasn't it's not the software or hardware he eventually he's a, he's a businessman when you boil it down uh yeah. you've if you're going to argue the collateral good you got to argue the collateral bad too sure and i think yeah, there's no, a big absolutely. argument to be made that the collateral bad from the computational situation we're in now it almost evens out the good so that you're at a wash huh i mean uh, i mean i know that the collateral good that i'm talking about is uh, it can be quantified in some way i've not done the research but i'm sure you could like find something that like say how many can't yes, i try to yes i can actually quantify it. the bad it's the cybercrime market cybercrime is exactly almost exactly the same economic uh, has almost exactly the same economic impact of white hat tech black hat tech and white hat tech they're yin yang they're they're about the same amount of trillions i think it's something like 3.2 trillion it's right around there if you google it it might be 5 trillion i can't remember off the top of my head but I've had to write about it in my SEO because I'm always selling security stuff, you know. So hmm. I say, well, here's the white hat market's worth and here's the black hat's market worth. And they're like within a half a trillion of each other. And, of course, these are projections. So th that's not the exact number, but it's so close. They're neck and neck. And that blew my mind. I couldn't believe cybercrime black hat tech has almost the same economic impact, maybe more than white hat hmm. tech. Nah. But it does, according to the numbers. Yeah, I have not looked into the dark web and like, you know, what what is going on there and what kind of economic activity that is going on in the dark web, uh, trafficking people and other horrible stuff that may be going on there. But I don't know how it would compare to like every other economic activity that goes on in the world, which is the other side of this. Well, I would think I'm like it would be disproportionate. If you're going to say Bill other. Gates is the is the uh, opener of the windows to technology. Well, that, that stream has a pure stream of good and a 
stream of yeah. complete shit. So you got to... I think it's about a wash if we're looking at it that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to how to quantify that to to make it a wash or which one's better. And I don't even think you can do that. I know, like like just the whole thing of uh, Henry Ford, like Henry Ford created like all he, he he you know basically figured out a way to to mass produce vehicles, and now everybody can have a cheap. Uh, cheap motor vehicle that everybody goes around in and that keeps improving and now like these these economic systems have been built around that technology that innovation but so many people have died in road traffic accidents who wouldn't have died so how do you how do you match that up how do you like you know how do you do like a clean little math equation to say how much good how much bad i think you cannot you can just say there's the good and there's the bad like you can't really like it's like adding apples and oranges so there's a a phrase there's a proverb it's it's something like uh, technology creates it technology fixes pro technology the problems technology fixes are balanced out by the problems technology creates hmm yeah i mean there again there's no way to like say that there is that balance both sides exist i can give you that but i don't know which one's more which one's bad probably a case by case thing depending on the technology yeah it's it's hard to know for sure i do know it's a case by case i would think so i i do know that though with bill gates specifically i think he wants to appear as a safe milk toast um What's uh, milk toast? <laughs> yeah, you know, a, what's the word I'm looking for? A sort of a, a tame uh, provider. He's he he embodies the geek persona, um, and he tries to look humble. And you're you're a performer. I'm a performer. I don't believe him. I think he's acting. I think he's yeah. full of crap. Hmm. So I see that, and I also see. Like in, I believe it was India. Isn't it in India where he introduced the polio vaccine and like 300,000 people died or something? Yeah, I know there's the polio vaccine that the government co-opted and they did like a big drive to get to get it to everyone. Uh, I have not seen the numbers where, where people have died as, as a side effect of it. Again, with that, I would think like way more people have been saved than have died because of polio vaccine. Well, you'd hope so, but I, I've read some stuff that says it was basically a non-issue and now it's an issue again. Yeah, I, no, I mean, so, so the thing with the, those is yes. India and like certain countries in Africa, like there is a strong, uh, there's like a big issue with with hygiene like because like there's these tribal communities and and villages and all these different places where you don't have an active sewage system right and a lot of right. viruses how they transmit you know some like the more deadlier ones they transmit from uh, fucking uh, fecal oral route right so, yeah like hep c you know, so, or something yeah yeah hep c and i think even polio is a fecal oral route type of a disease so because of the lack of the sewage system uh in, in, in remote areas. That's what happens and that's how people get diseases. There's runoff water and people drink that and then there's like even even bovine like cow runoff. All of that like definitely causes this, these diseases. If not like, and that's the cliche they say, the plumber has uh, has saved way more lives uh, than the, the immunologist or the doctor. They say if yeah. you have plumbing, that saves way more lives. But that is true. But that's not always possible to have the plumber there. You know, there's like other social factors where people almost resist having a sewage system. That's a different topic. But that is an issue. The only way to combat that was a vaccine that was that was designed. And I spoke to a few people who who work in this field, and and they like you know cited studies, scientific uh, studies published in scientific journals, peer reviewed, and all that jazz 
that there is no correlation between say the the main claim was that it causes autism like there is no correlation between there's no statistically significant correlation between vaccines uh, whatever that particular i think it was polio vaccine and and autism so that's where i stand with this and i think the science is pretty tight i'm not saying there wouldn't be anybody who's affected by it because any drug you take you take like a antacid i used to take this antacid like ranitidine for for heartburn that shit was taken off the shelves because it had like traces of a carcinogen like that's just the nature of pharmaceuticals roger well i think um how how do you put this uh you if you torture the data long enough it'll tell you anything yeah that's that's, that's an you old can phrase. manipulate the data to tell your story so peer reviewed studies and whatnot uh, i'd like to be able to trust in them but i also know that the scientific community has means of pushing out that which it has decided it won't agree agree on. Um, one example would be funding, which uh, somebody's about to lose funding, and suddenly they make a breakthrough and they get new funding, and then it, it turns out, oh, we were wrong. That happened yeah. with uh, Life on Mars in 1997. Yeah. They were going to lose funding, so they sure. suddenly found a microbe that might be in the rocks that could be a fo- – oh, sorry, mm. no, it was just a rock. Yeah, happens so, a lot with the food industry too. Like, you know, like yeah. the beef industry says beef is good, milk industry says milk is good, the walnut industry says walnuts are great for you, and it's yeah. paid for it. That's why one thing I'll add to it before hearing more of your responses, you are to look at the, the, the entirety of the evidence, the meta-analysis, like that looks at – combination of all studies i'm not again i'm not an immunologist i'm not a fucking scientist like you know oh me neither i'm a comedian yeah 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 same same i'm i'm a i'm a failing comedian if i may add that qualifier (laughs) to myself too but the thing is that you can still interpret some things and and you can understand uh, the the core the basic principles of it so in principle if you look at the a combination of all the studies uh, that will give you the, the the true picture of what is yeah, going on you, you but there is to, no like real solid evidence to tell us that vaccines are a net net negative well, or a net bad well the individual the liberty issue we can get to that's a different topic but like just scientifically speaking inoculation theory is basically sound and here's how it works you're given your macrophages macrophages your immune system a chance to learn the disease before you get it authentically so that your body's better prepared for it and how they used to do it for smallpox specifically is they'd take a pin and they'd stick it in one of the pox of like an animal and then stick it in a healthy person and they found the animal smallpox was less likely to jive would be our fun non-scientific term to communicate the concept the animal smallpox was less likely to jive with the human immune system so it would learn the immune system would learn that smallpox and then if they caught the human smallpox since the immune system already knew the animal smallpox you'd uh, you'd do all right you wouldn't be as sick and before that smallpox had a one in three death rate it would kill one out of three people it infected and this happened by the way when the constitution was being framed during that time there was a smallpox epidemic and it continued till about 1900 and yeah, we didn't have anything they didn't know what to do about it right but we didn't have yeah. anything written into the constitution at that point um about quarantine or anything like that even though they were in the midst of a of a very real pandemic so um i think a lot of the arguments being made for covid 19 uh, uh lockdown yeah. now are completely bogus but that's beside the point we, we were on vaccines so inoculation theory is basically sound um the thing is you have to be healthy when you get stuck because you are going to get a you're you are stimulating an immune system response even with a non-human virus 
that's so there's going to be you know runny nose headache maybe you're tired for a night while your immune system figures it out but you are stimulating an immune system response and one of the things they found that make it so that vaccines are more palatable to that immune system is they place the antigen in a adjuvant um, one of the adjuvants which was notorious was thimerosal thimerosal contained mercury which is bad for you in one part per million that's like a drop of water inside a backyard swimming pool worth of water that much mercury is toxic to humans and thimerosal contained mercury is an adjuvant to contain the ad the the uh, antigen so that it didn't have its full potency because you can't always get an antigen that's from an animal for a virus so sometimes they're basically just in injecting you with the disease so you get it when you expect it uh, with some of these vaccines the adjuvants are what they have found to be the most toxic because a lot of times they'll contain heavy metals or some chemical that's one of the big problems with vaccines the other big problem is this they have continuously expanded the vaccine schedule as economy dictates because the companies producing these vaccines have to make a profit and so that means they have to manufacture and distribute a vaccine that's requisite to a population which means huge numbers which means there's a lot of money on the line which means mm -hmm. there's a one percent issue as regards profit so they have a uh, immoral imperative to push the vaccine in order to yeah. recoup the money they invested so when they do that and there are now last I checked it was 42 somebody told me recently it was 70 but there are at least because I know I checked this so they've added vaccines since I found this out a couple of years ago they are in the vaccine schedule at least 42 vaccines for children from birth until about the age of six years old and one of those vaccines is hepatitis uh, which you're not gonna get if you're a child in a healthy situation enough to where you can go to a doctor and get a vaccine you're just not you're not doing drugs you're not getting abused hopefully if your parents are taking you to a pediatrician to get a vaccine it's totally unnecessary for that vaccine it's part of the vaccine schedule so they've got 42 of these and each time a child gets that vaccine their body has an immune system response of uh, varying yeah. severity sometimes it's just yeah, tired in the sense so, that it's preventative right that's why you well, have that's a schedule the whole, but you give a child you shock a child's immune system every six weeks from the time they're born till the time they're six years old that's gonna induce things like fever fever causes brain damage so if you're giving a kid 42 vaccines from the time they're born till the time they're six years old yeah maybe one of those vaccines doesn't cause a, a mental issue maybe each of those vaccines by itself does not cause a mental issue but you take all 42 of them together you're gonna do something bad to that kid you and I didn't get that level of vaccines we had like five I had an MMR yeah. and two mm -hmm. others I can't remember that's yeah. it that's different so you know getting an MMR when you're like 18 or something before you go to college fine your immune systems developed you're healthy you can handle it Giving who's a child getting the who's getting 40 vaccines now? Is that like the schedule is that that's every child born in the United States is getting 40 shots? That's what they would that that's what they want you to do is take. They want 42. you to order it right now from what you know. Well, from what I know, it's a, the vaccine schedule right now schedules children to get at least 42 different vaccines from the time they're born till the time they're about six. That's 42. Some of them are trivalent. MMR is a trivalent. That's measles, mumps, rubella. That's three vaccines in one. So sometimes mm -hmm. they're getting a triple shot. 
Sometimes it's a single vaccine, um, but it's 42. That's when I looked last. And the last time I looked was, I think, before the Trump Trump got uh, uh, sworn in. So, the, so I, I posted on this on Facebook recently, and somebody told me in the last week that now it's up to 70. I don't know. Mm. I haven't confirmed that. I did confirm the 42 four years ago, and that to mm. me was telling enough. It's only increased. So as far as I'm concerned, make vaccines available, but do not mandate them. So, okay. you, you know, if, there, if you want to do that, go ahead. But do not say I can't send my kid to school. Don't say I can't send them to college. Don't say I can't come to work. Don't say I, uh, I can't own property or anything unless I get a vaccine. If yeah. people want the option, okay, give them the option. I'm against mm. mandating it. Okay, I have a few responses to that because now you're getting into the individual liberty uh, side of the argument and not like how, how effective the vaccines are not. So you're saying that and there's the individual liberty angle, which I think like the best position to be in is... I would say give people all the education there is to like you know like make people treat them as rational actors and give them the information and don't mandate it because yeah. in a lot of countries it is mandated like Indian government like I think it is it, it's mandated in African countries too it's mandated but this is a little trickier than just like the individual liberty angle because whatever is communicable right and they, that can be weaponized to be used as a tool against people but whatever is communicable it it impacts other people too it's not your own individual liberty it's like a stop yeah, sign yeah the vaccine you know? works so that's not an issue yeah that, so that's, that's the, the thing like thing. it's nothing's perfect yeah. it's not perfect you like you know you can make the case and it's not going to be some magic pill that like will work 100% of the times but it'll work 99.9999% of the times and if you give it to a billion people then that 0. 0.0001 is going to kick in into into some tragedy but like the net again going about the net you would have saved like you know orders of magnitude on more number of lives than you would have killed that's where i come in on it but it is a little well, trickier on that end the covid vaccine it'll kill yeah more the than individual liberty thing though man like you gotta like understand that in if you agree that this is some there's a disease that is communicable and you go out and you give it to other people so if you if and that person dies so if you're not like uh making sure you don't communicate that disease to others unless you're in like a in a ca- lock cabin in the woods then fucking you know go well go you made a point fun. earlier that that i think i agree with you said more um Diseases have been stopped by the plumber, and you're right. Uh, clean drinking water and hygiene are the biggest uh, bulwarks against communicable diseases there are. Yeah, but that's not always that's possible, That's what though. needs to be emphasized. Hygiene, clean water, that is possible worldwide. What stops it is bad leadership. Yeah, but it's bad that- leadership, bad incentives, like maybe uh, a regressive thinking among like, you know, localized tribal communities there's a lot of those things going on dude like so that's why that's why these diseases exist but this current one and we don't want to go off on a thing about like the bio lab and how it was created there but whatever it was you know it's because bad practices in like the quote-unquote the wet markets and that's not just a hygiene thing like china's pretty developed they have they have all the facilities there's no like you know plumbing issues there per se but there's oh, other no. ways china's china's almost third world in most of the places come on you know uh, you know china ain't see, maybe hong the, kong's doing good okay so okay like just besides the point i i think uh 
I think people are way better off in China now than they were 50 years ago, 40 years ago. Like everybody is making more money. There's no, the freedom element is gone, but they kind of found this weird space of economically we're going to keep growing and people make money and get more prosperous, but there's going to be exploitation and there's going to be suppression of freedom. It's, it's not a good system, but they kind of figured out a way uh, where, where they have like material facilities for sure. I can tell you that. Well, it depends on where you're at in China. Rural China does not. Uh, the big cities is a different story, but some of the most pollution in the world is in those big cities in China. Uh, they yeah. were wearing masks that had nothing to do with diseases and everything to do with pollution uh, for years before the, the Wuhan uh, shenanigans hit. Yeah. Um, also, you look at Mumbai in India. I mean, mm -hmm. you now I've, I've not been to India. I believe you, you've been to India. Yeah. You're from no, India, I, right? I grew up there. Yeah, I grew right. up there. Right. I lived 23 years there. Now, did you ever – so I saw Slumdog Millionaire. Did you see that movie? Yeah, yeah, I saw that movie. Okay, was that totally inaccurate or was that no. near the truth? No, that, that's not inaccurate except for the line dancing, like just the people <laughs> dancing in formation I think was not accurate. <laughs> okay, but so – But a lot of it is. The slums are like that. You can go so to YouTube the, right now and look look up the, the slums and you, you'd see those. That's true. That's what I was – so that scene where the kid wants to get the autograph from the uh, Indian movie star yeah. and he jumps in the, the, the literal shit to do yeah. it and then comes out and gets – so there are millions of people – even if you mandate the vaccines, that's not going to fix it. Yeah. Uh, that issue, it doesn't matter the vaccines or not. The hygiene and the yeah. dirty conditions, there's always going to be an issue there. That, it's a harder problem to solve, though. That's the thing. You're right. Is. You're on to the right thing here. That like you, you want to like resolve that. It's a way harder thing to do. Oh yeah. Than to create a vaccine that's preventative. So like it's now, almost like a bandaid. It's a bandaid. What if what if all the money that was going to those vaccines were instead funneled to hygiene to it's not just the money infrastructure though. i think there's more things at play than just money that's why like i think well, yeah. if people yeah, could do it true. they would do it so that's uh, uh there's like incentives are all over the place with that you want certain groups of people empowered so that they they, they then they kind of add to your political capital and then there's there's all those complex systems that come into play like the with a democracy quote-unquote democracy like you know and it's a complex system and within the complex system you have all these different uh you know tertiary impacts um and yeah. that's what it is you're right but like if you like make sure like nobody ever has to come in contact with water that uh was contaminated with any like animals feces you would like drastically see further decline of all these diseases, malaria, uh, mm -hmm. and and fucking um, polio is still there in a few countries. Uh, it's got eradicated so, in India. Shouldn't Bill the shouldn't the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation instead of focusing on vaccine, shouldn't they be focusing on that on the water? They are and the doing that. That's the difference. Okay. Like they are That's doing. I've read Melinda Gates' book. Like uh, they are doing that. Uh, okay, well, just, that I can I'll make behind. a correction. I have not read the book. I got to fucking say that. I've heard excerpts from the books. If they're say. doing hygiene and clean water, I'm behind that. But the vaccination, it's a different story because mandated <laughs> vaccines are definitely going to kill some people. And yeah. they're definitely not going to be as effective as they could be because they can't be. Because if they were, then there'd be no issue of people no, who didn't want to get vaccines. No, but it's not a perfect vaccines. solution. 
that's the thing like it's 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 like a tape on a leaky faucet like you you're doing that while you can actually flick fix the plumbing no pun intended like because this is a plumbing problem it's like a band-aid uh so to say uh not meaning it in a negative way but in the immediate term and an immediate term being 50 years 100 years and then the scope of everything and for 100 years you do need vaccines for a couple of hundred years while we make sure the systems evolve to a point where nobody like you know these diseases become less and less rare now if you were to attribute like if you were to concede or give uh give bill and melinda gates uh, the the benefit of the doubt to say they are like actual true philanthropists which i think is more true than it's not but if you were to like uh, concede that then this would be the right thing to do is have one thing that is uh the vaccines which will like you know take care of like the immediate future which being the next century and then like while that's happening building systems that will solve the problem you're talking about because that is a harder and longer problem to solve well here's why i don't buy here's here's a a a reason from both sides of the ideological fence that makes me wary and uh cautious of vaccines to the point well i'll never get one and i'll encourage people not to on the evolutionary get, never side, never get of, another one. You mean ne- never get another one, and I, 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 I do not intend to. They'll have to hold me down. Um, on the evolutionary side of things, and again, you know, I don't believe that, but I'm just arguing from both sides of the point. On the evolutionary side of things, mankind has existed a hundred thousand nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety some years without any vaccines, and there are villages, fishing villages in Japan and communities in India and China where people commonly have an average median life expectancy over 90 years. And America's is like 80, 78 or 80 if you average it out. They have a higher life expectancy and they don't get sick. And a lot of the reason has to do with three things, community, health, and exercise. They eat right, they stick around with people and they work out and they don't have a lot of vices. And that keeps their immune system healthy. Their immune systems work just fine. Uh, The modern scientists would say they've evolved that way. I don't believe in evolution. Here's the other side. I don't think God made mankind so frail that we must necessarily rely on technology for basic life sustenance. I think that's a bait and switch from a corporate system that wants people dependent on that system from the biological level. I think really what we need to be focusing on is giving people good good health in terms of exercise and nutrition and giving people a good community and uh, good hygiene. I think if those are the things we focus on, it's going to do a lot more to eliminate disease. I think focusing on vaccines is going to introduce a lot of chemicals and synthetic components into humanity, which have side Hmm. effects which are unpredictable and uncontrollable. And I think we've seen that. So whatever's causing autism, in the 80s it was 1 in 10,000. Today it's 1 in 50. Whatever it is, it has exponentially compounded. Hmm. And I expect, I think it's not one specific thing. I think it's a confluence of events. I think it's poor parenting, poor nutrition, increased technological involvement at the psychological level, and shocking the immune system continuously with the vaccine schedule. So I think it's all those things together that's causing it. I don't know for sure, but when I was a substitute, I had to deal with a lot of autistic kids, and they Mm -hmm. seem to fall almost every one of them into one of those categories, which is why I think that. But I'm not a scientist. That's just my opinion on that. But I just think there is a there is a bias here that they they are inherently bad. I think it is something that that humanity needs, and it has saved a lot of people. And I don't attribute the same malicious intent to some of these actors that you do. Like it's not nothing more than any any other pharmaceutical drug or any well, other part of the pharmaceutical industry. That's where I, I kind of leave it at. 
I hear you. I just remembered two things I forgot to bring up. Number one, polio vaccines contained a cancer-causing virus, and they were deliberately distributed to African-American communities in America. That's established fact. That's not a conspiracy. Uh, you can look that up. Uh, number two, uh, the swine flu vaccine and Gardasil initiated reactions that brought on Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a sort of paralysis. Uh, so even outside of autism, there there is room to be skeptical of these vaccines and the intentions behind them. Were things as altruistic and humanitarian as we'd like them to be? That's a different story. But the other thing to consider is the amount of money involved and the power behind it. And I think when you look at things like cancer-causing viruses being included in the vaccine and Guillain-Barre from Gardasil and the swine flu vaccine, multiple instances where that happens, I think there's a case to be made. Lastly, in 2020 this year, in either January or February, the UN convened a health council where they talked about the negative side effects of vaccines. That's where I learned the word adjuvant. Before, Mm. I I just called it a compound. They stuck the antigen in. But it's the technical term is adjuvant. And I would say, I can't remember the exact name, but if you look that up, there's a gal, I believe she's from India. She's uh, presenting on it in front of the UN. And she talks Uh, about the the things I brought up. The lady with the exaggerated red dot, like kind of a walking stereotype, that's the lady you're talking about? Is it? I don't know. I, don't oh, know. Like, I, just, I know there's a lady who's like an all and uh, she's pretty pretty strong anti-vaccination Indian lady who's no 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 no, 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 slightly no. Older. she's she's pro vaccines this was oh. a meeting of health groups that were talking about okay. the problems the that came with vaccines yeah they were in the okay. UN and they were talking it was like the people running it they're like how do we deal with the fact that these adjuvants are definitely killing people that's what they yeah. were talking about okay so okay it's, I see I, that it's worth checking out yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm going to like try to you know, uh, look into to some of these open threads that I think are worth kind of you know uh, going off on the tangents and trying to figure out. But overall, man, again, like I got to tell you, like a lot of these topics that we touch, I don't think we have like very much agreed on like any final conclusions or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I'm glad we had the chance to talk about each of these. Each absolutely. of these we have like, you know, we have different uh, core principles, first principles that we start with. And it's a different place we end up with also but it's just interesting to see somebody who's coming from completely different side of the argument and this has been a fucking this has been a fucking marathon and i have run (laughs) marathons but it took me six hours because i'm fucking bad at it but uh, this was a pretty pretty fucking hardcore marathon there's like a few uh, things that i you know I have to go through and, and make sure uh, come through correctly when we produce this. But I really appreciate uh, you doing this show, man. Like, you know, sitting down, spending the time. Is there anything you want to plug, talk about, you know, and let the people know? Uh, please, please go ahead. Well, Abrar, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. It was a blessing, and I really appreciate the opportunity. And I had a good conversation, too. And uh, anytime you want to do, do it again, let me know. Uh, we can try and stick on one topic. I'm bad about the rabbit trails. In terms of things I want to promote or whatnot, I'm Kevin Bennett, a.k.a. French Accent. That's my comedy name. I have an Mm -hmm. album out right now called I'm From Wyoming, obviously. It's just comedy. (laughs) There's not a lot of uh, conspiracy in there. Uh, You can find it online wherever, uh, you know, Amazon, Spotify, iTunes. It's on there. So I've got that album out, and I have a novel out called Amphibian. It's still available for purchase. I also have another novel called The Thief and the Sacrifice, which Mm. is about the antediluvian world and a lot of the conspiracy stuff we've been talking about. But it's out of print because the publisher folded. So that's worth looking into for anybody who wanted to. 
And yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome, awesome. This was a lot of fun for me too. And I'm going to make sure I leave links to those uh, those things that you mentioned in, in the show description. That's it, man. Thanks again, Kevin. Yeah. All right. Bye, people. Thank you. Have a good night, bro. I'll catch you later. All right. Thank you for sticking through this marathon, this three and a half hour marathon. Actually, if yeah, this is a marathon, somebody's running it in three and a half hours. That's a fucking great time. Um, but yeah, thanks for sticking through this thing, man. Uh, like super appreciative of it. And I hope you guys like, you know, like, like listen to all this stuff, some, some out there stuff, some, some more grounded stuff. And, and this added some value maybe in terms of entertainment or information and uh, whatever you guys think about this please let me know you know just find me on any of my social media that i'm gonna leave in the show notes and just reach out to me and let me know what the fuck is up uh, i'm also going to leave all the details to kevin's uh, information his special i'm from wyoming obviously and it's the couple of books that he's talking about amphibian and the other one is the thief and the sacrifice so i'll just make sure i leave uh, some sort of a link or details about those as well and his social media in the show notes again this has been awesome like i'm having the time of my life like you know fucking having these conversations which i wouldn't typically get to have in such a structured way sitting down for extended periods of time but i can now uh, under the guise of this podcast so that's fucking awesome and that's it man you know i appreciate and love all of you guys just fucking let me know if you guys think i can i can do anything differently anything better anything worse whatever the case may be you guys know where to find me thanks a lot everyone you guys have a great rest of your whatever's all right bye